of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. You know, solving crimes is hard. <laughs> Arresting people's hard. Can mm-hmm. be, Especially yeah. when they're committing crimes at night. Well, yeah, because law enforcement's what, crippled. Everybody's trying to get a little bit of shut eye, and these people are—they really need to start committing crimes during the nine to five hours. Okay, please agree more. Yeah. So the Department of Justice has been aggressively going after pro-life activists for any little thing. If you even think there's a chance that they violated some federal law about, I don't know, praying in front of a Planned Parenthood or something, you're going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. You're going to have jackbooted thugs showing up on your doorstep, Yep, and you're going to be dragged through the mud. But Well, they, I think they think of them as prayer warriors, yeah, so right. they've got to have at least 20. Well, that's true, yeah. Armed dudes there to scare the mm-hmm. crap out of their families. That's right. Yes. Yeah, and they and they used to have tanks, but all of those have been sent to Ukraine. So you know, yeah. Eh. Oh well. Uh, but the DOJ hasn't really made a whole lot of gains when it comes to finding the people who have literally terrorized pro-life pregnancy centers, firebombing, graffiti, smashed windows, things like that. I, I, I made a couple of arrests, but that's about it. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland says, well, there's a reason for that, is that the terrorists, they do it at night. This is unreal. Those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers, uh, which is a, a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night um, in the dark. We have put full resources on this. Uh, we have uh, uh, asked, uh, put... Uh, 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 see, that is, even with this guy, when he starts lying his butt off, Something inside him, one little piece of maybe good left in him, says, you can't lie like that. And and he doesn't know what to say. Well, in this really tight labor market, it's hard to find terrorists to work the day shift. That's true, yeah. Yeah. How can it be that you're saying we're putting all of our resources in, but boy, it's at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, 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 put uh, um, uh, rewards out for this. Um, We will prosecute every case against a pregnancy resource center that we can make. Uh, But um, uh, these people who are doing this are clever and are doing it in secret. In they're, secret, they're just—they're not clever. out there talking about it. They're not showing their, some themselves. Yes, but but they actually are. I mean, there are groups like Jane's Revenge, who are advertising pretty openly. So you're telling me you can track down secret Twitter accounts and then flag them for Twitter to censor, Correct. but you can't find an actual self-described terrorist organization that spray paints Jane was here, right? Marsha Blackburn asked him about this. 
And this is where, I mean, if you can just take this with a sense of humor, it gets even more hilarious from this clown. It's domestic violence, okay, extremism. Okay, so then let's talk about the far-left group Jane's Revenge, mm-hmm. because they claimed responsibility for that. They went so far as to spray paint their name on the wall. So do you intend to prosecute them? We intend, if we find them, to do that. There is a oh, sim- so you can't find them. If you have information about those groups, we, we well, would be happy is, to... That is your job. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, if we find them. <laughs> See, again, they do it at night. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are we talking well, yeah. about? See, if he, so... What what is it Merrick Garland does? Does he just walk around the streets of D.C. asking random people, have you heard of Jane's Revenge? Do you know where they are? I need some help here. Yeah, well, there is rewards there. They've upped it to two cases of Barks Root Beer. <laughs> well, David, I know you'll say a lot of times nothing's going to come of this, and it, and it very well may not. But at least, uh, you know, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, they got to question yeah. this you know, sorry excuse for an attorney general yesterday and laid him out for it. So at least we we're glad to see that. More on that a little bit later. Um, I have not heard this clip from Corinne Jean-Pierre. So she was yeah. taking some questions. Oh, yeah. Well, Joe Biden, you know, doesn't seem too worried about the threat from China. You know, he let that spy balloon go across the entire country because he was worried about what the Chinese might say if he shot it down. Uh, then he started shooting down every balloon in the sky. <laughs> Unreal. Including the Northern Illinois uh, Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade's balloon, $12 balloon that they sent up into the atmosphere. What did you call them again? They are the Nibbabub. Yes, the Yeah, pour one out. I don't know if the Nibbabub has gotten a formal apology from the White House or the Pentagon, but they should. Well, if they gave the Biden family, you know, millions of dollars, maybe they wouldn't have their balloon shot down. Well, you know, he's treating China with kids' gloves over the pandemic, over spying, over also over threats to Taiwan. And so on it goes. And it certainly looks like he's afraid of doing something to make the Chinese government mad. So White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked this great question from Fox News' Peter Ducey. Oh, the deuce. Why is President Biden afraid of China? The president is not afraid of China. Well, did, you see, did you see the president last week when we went to, uh, when we went to, uh, we went to Ukraine, went to Kiev? This is not a president that's afraid of anything. It was a historic trip uh, that many of you said was brave. Uh, so- <laughs> Time out. He's not afraid. <laughs> see how brave he was yeah. a week ago? <laughs> The guy didn't just, like, roll up there in a Toyota Corolla, right? I mean, he was flanked by officials, by security personnel, the Secret Service, and he actually gave, smartly, I I would say this, I mean, really, gave the Russian government a heads up, hey, I'm going to be in Kiev, so don't bomb us or else you know there's going to be hell to pay. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't brave at all to show up there. Well, no. And they had all of the production ready to go with the air raid siren <laughs> to yeah, make it perfect. look like it was some sort of danger mission? Even though there was no threat detected. Well, no. No. Of course not. It's like an applause light, isn't it? <laughs> but, okay, that has nothing to do with China. No. Green Jean-Pierre? Uh, so clearly, this is a president that's not afraid to go to a war zone. Uh, he's not afraid to go there when there's no military presence on the ground. So there's nothing that this president fears. Well, oh. he's afraid of railway disasters. No, he's afraid of China. <laughs> That's that comparison, man. 
She was ready for that pivot, too. You could tell. Yeah. God. Okay. That's exasperating from her. Okay. One thing, it, when you look around, you see it, you know, not just in the Midwest. You see it in the South. You see it in the West. You see it on the East Coast. Toxic masculinity. Something <laughs> needs to be done with all of these manly men. Yeah. Like Merrick Garland and Alejandro Mayorkas. Yeah. On and on and on. The scourge yeah. of toxic masculinity. And we're so lucky to have a... It's not the second husband. It's the second... A second gentleman. Yes. Second gentleman. Kamala's husband, Doug Emhoff, tackling yeah. this, right, David? Doug Emhoff, yes. That, that is his thing, right? The spouses of the president and the vice president always have to have something that they're going to work on. And so yes. Doug Emhoff is working on toxic masculinity because it, 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 we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be afraid to cry as men. Dude, if you've heard anything over the last five years, especially with younger men, what is it that you hear? We have a crisis with young men and not understanding masculinity. It's not toxic for crying out loud. What are they talking about? Yeah, they, they tend to... The, the problem is, is they go from, like, dude bro who is just completely horrendous to women and all of that, and they conflate that with anybody who acts like what masculinity has been defined as for, I don't know, all of human history. Right. So who, to do this interview, but MSNBC's Jonathan Cape? Ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> Manly man. <laughs> Roll it. Can we just talk about masculinity for a moment? Um, has being second gentleman changed your own view of perceived gender roles or what it means to be a man? That's, this is something I've, I've thought about a lot and something I've spoken about a lot. There's too much of toxicity. It's masculine toxicity out there, and we've kind of confused. Well, full, hold on a second. At least, Scott, you and... Doug there have something in common because I know you lay awake at night thinking about yeah, it's true toxic masculinity and how I it's know I, well yeah such a scourge on the nation but mine are not in the refrigerator his have been for years now <laughs> what it means to be a man what it means to be masculine where you've got this trope out there that you've got to be tough and you know angry and and lash out to be strong i just just the opposite. whoever said you got to be angry and lash out to be strong no one yeah no one no one has they do this all the time the old straw man mm -hmm. sure okay just the opposite and i'm going to continue to use this platform every time i get to, to speak out against this toxic masculinity that's out there <laughs> so we got that going for it by the way just for the record i want to correct you it's straw person Oh, okay. see, stop it! With that the, was my toxic masculinity. Yeah, right. I know exactly. Roll, rolling right in. That's what the first eunuch is talking about. Got it. Well, thank you for that, Scott. Well, I, I'm not above correction. I'll tell nah, you that right. right. Hey, I man, appreciate this, it. That whole thing sounds like two guys convincing each other that it's empowering that their role in the bedroom involves watching their wives with their boyfriends. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I believe that's, that's true. That's a smoking hot take early <laughs> in the show. But there is some validity to that. <laughs> Okay. We have a name for that. Can we even say that? I don't even know if we can. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay. I, I have another question, <laughs> but you know, we got to move on. <laughs> so if I had the question, I'd probably get canceled. Okay. A Princeton student 
saying liberals are pushing students to the right? Really? We'll get to that and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Trying to keep a positive attitude because you can feel the change. You can feel the swing. People finding out the truth. Okay. I'm looking at David. Yeah. I know you may not feel that right now. Well, I mean, it it just depends on uh, the area that you're living in. I think, greatly. Yeah. I think, again, like we've talked about with the midterm elections, you did see a notable shift to the right, even though it didn't pan out the way that I think a lot of Republicans wanted to in the Senate race. I'll tell you this, man. It's little things like this that give me a little spark. I was so surprised to see a headline in, of all places, USA Today. The headline. COVID may have leaked out of a Chinese lab after all. Well, So much for, quote, misinformation. <laughs> Subheadline, turns out the individuals who raised concerns during the COVID-19 debate weren't so crazy after all. Unfortunately, the damage is done to those who dared go against the, quote, correct narrative. This is from Ingrid Jacques, she's a columnist. And I'm just so surprised that it actually ran in USA Today as she lays out You know, it was three years ago when a reporter asked Trump whether he'd seen evidence that gave him a high degree of confidence that COVID came from the lab in Wuhan. And Trump at the time said, yes, I have. And I think the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves because they're like the public relations agency for China. And then he started using the term Wuhan virus or Chinese virus, and the left was quick to label him as a racist, but also disregarded why he used those words. And, of course, with everything that we found out in, you know, the last week or so from the Department of Energy and then the FBI coming out and saying, yeah, pretty confident that came from the lab in Wuhan. And I know the left will say, well, the Department of Energy say it is a low level of confidence. And as you pointed out, David, because there's no smoking gun. Right. And and the frustrating thing is that there probably never will be. Right. Because that smoking gun has been disassembled and thrown into every ocean on the planet. Yes. Well, I think the uh, mayor of New York bought it back. (laughs) (laughs) Ingrid in USA Today goes on to say, you know, in 2021, a reporter, not an opinion writer like myself, the failing New York Times who covers the pandemic and global health wrote on Twitter that maybe someday... We'll stop talking about the lab leak theory and its racist roots. Yeah. She later deleted that tweet after ensuing backlash. Really? Mm. I bet there's a lot Mm. of tweets being destroyed right now. Don't don't you know it's less racist to suggest it's because Chinese people eat bats? (laughs) Yes. Duh. Bingles. Yes. Of course. And she goes on to say, you know, the public deserves to know the truth. Um, I mean, you look at masks or how to combat the virus. Those also deserved robust and open debate, but that's not what happened. From the government to the news media to pre-Elon Musk Twitter, there were were concerted efforts to suppress so-called misinformation. And until recently, anyone, including scientists and doctors, who raised questions about the effectiveness of masks, 
lockdowns or school closures, was labeled a science denier or a kooky right winger. And that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's evidence, too, that masks don't work, that the lockdowns were ineffective and school closures certainly did both academic and emotional damage to children. And then you ask the question, where's the apology? Oh, you're never going to get it. It's not coming. No. No. You know what I'm guessing? That just in relationships, friends, maybe even family members, there might be some apologies going on. And I say that just from my own history. Because there have been times in the past I've had to do the apologizing. And I've also heard it back to me. Hey, we've done it with each other on the show. So my sense is that's happening, you know, just regular people. But I don't think you're going to get it from any news organizations. No. No, certainly not. But it's true that the damage has been done. And, you know, like Ingrid said in the piece, it's destroyed the trust. And there are going to be times where (laughs) there may be another pandemic, something like that, and people are not going to know what to do. But they'll know they can't trust the officials telling them what to do. Right. I mean, this this is why I, even if you don't, I mean, this is why I, my personal idea, I, I tend to favor, which is not just having show trials in Congress, but actually having every person who's had a leadership position in the last three years from the CDC, the FDA, NIH, anybody, basically make them re-interview for their job in front of the American people. I love that. Why do you deserve to keep your job? Tell me what did you do during the pandemic that improved people's lives? I love it, man. And some love people may, it. may have affirmative, like good new, you know, something good to, to share, but we need to hold these people to account. Agreed. Well, Joe gave him checks. <laughs> <laughs> That'll always help. Yeah, I saw something on a lighter note. Reminded me of you, David. Because Scott and I are way past this now. Uh, you got two little kids. I don't even know if we've started losing teeth yet. You got a three-year-old. Uh, not yet, no. That doesn't happen until when, four or five? Somewhere I, in there? Around there, yeah. Is that right? I can't even remember. Yeah. I have a hard time with that one, too. Tooth fairy payouts. Hit an all-time high. $6.23 per tooth. Dang. It's Biden's economy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's got the buying power of a quarter. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's the national average. That's Six bucks. That's $0.87 cents from last year Man. and $2.20 from three years ago pre-pandemic. Man. Wow. Okay, so if you had to guess, Northeast, Midwest, West, South, who gets the biggest payouts? Northeast. Yeah, Wrong. I guess. Uh, I'll guess West Coast. Wrong. South. $6.59. Coming in last is the Midwest. Just so you know. Okay. John Fetterman somehow introduced legislation. God, this is crazy. We'll get to that and much more straight ahead. Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this is quite a trick. 
John Fetterman somehow introduced legislation while in a mental institution? You know, I read this. This is fascinating how this happens. Yeah, so the uh, Pennsylvania Democratic Senator, John Fetterman, he's in the hospital because of clinical depression right now, which apparently was made worse because he almost died from a stroke a year ago, and or a little less than a year ago at this point. And uh, no one told him to maybe try to save your brain and not run for the Senate. We can find another Democrat. and uh, But apparently John Fetterman was the only one who could close the deal. So they it's let him. It's unbelievable the part of the story that what he could have gotten back after that stroke, yeah. he can now never get back. That's yeah. the way I understand it. That- because there was a window of time he would have needed rest and recovery and he didn't do it because he was running for Senate. Yeah, it's like breaking your ankle and then going right to running a marathon. I mean, you can recover from a broken ankle if you give it time to heal, but once you've run 26.2 miles on it, you've right. destroyed it. And wow. that is so sad what he has done to himself and what others have done to him. And so he's in a he's in Walter Reed uh getting psychiatric care. But I see the news today that he is apparently helping to introduce legislation on rail safety, which doesn't make any sense because he's not out of the hospital and he's not certainly working in the Senate right now to formally introduce anything. This isn't like a book where you can have a ghostwriter. Yeah, well, apparently you can. And it's interesting yeah. because if you ask his uh, some of his staff members on Twitter, uh, hey, who's actually filing bills on his behalf it seems like voters and americans in general ought to know what's going on uh they just block you on twitter if you ask them <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they say you're being ableist and you're being mean oh to a guy gosh. and it's like no man he he went out there in front of voters in pennsylvania and said i'll be fine by january i'll be fine he did and he's not fine. And I'm glad he's getting the help he needs, but this is obviously not something uh, that he can do uh, while also being a senator. Okay. I, you know, man, my gut. Uh, I'll, how do I say it? You could play so much audio from him on the campaign. That, I mean, it was clear. We'd play it and say, this guy, he's not even close to being able to serve. Listen. I mean, it's sad. You don't wish it upon anybody. But it feels like playing it now is like piling on. Yeah. I really don't even blame him. It's that awful it's, wife of his and the people that pushed him out there. I feel like I have to at least throw in the disclaimer. I don't know why I feel this way. I just do. That I didn't care for him to begin with. No, I didn't like him either. I didn't like his politics at all. No. And wanted him to lose. Right. That being said, I don't think he was of right mind to make that kind of decision decision whether he could run and him saying well i want to run and the people around him that supposedly love him say well he said he wanted to run well a yeah. four-year-old says they want you know ice cream for breakfast yeah well i, I just they're go, not of right mind I, I just go back to just about seven and a half years ago when scott had his heart attacks i mean i don't know how many times he either told you jamie or me in the hospital yeah i'll be back to work on monday Every day. and <laughs> Every day. And it's like, well, yeah, because I know, Scott, I know you wanted to be back on the show. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you wanted to be back on the air. But it does take people in, in, who are around the person affected by a near-death experience like that 
to just kind of say, okay, but you can't do this right now. You got to recover. That's the important thing. Yes. Well, and you know, shoot, dude, you were talking out of a trach. Yeah. Well, that would have been unique to radio. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, do you want me to imitate it, or do you would you rather me not? Well, you can if you want. I don't want to make you feel. No, no, bad. that's okay. Don't make me feel. Because bad. remember, David has told the story before. One of the funniest things yeah. is we came in and you, you didn't seem quite right, but we knew you were okay when you're like. Did anybody get fired today? <laughs> and then we'd be leaving and like, I'm going to get this thing out tomorrow and I'll be back on the show Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, man. Except you guys didn't go, yeah, we need to remove him from here and wheel him up in front well, of the no. microphone. <laughs> no, that's, that's my entire that, point. Yes, yeah, of right, course. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes it, it, an act of love is telling somebody no when you know it's not going to be helpful to them and can only be de- detrimental to their health. And both physical and mental. Well, do you remember this? Okay, so you had that heart attack August the 24th, 2015. Mm-hmm. It's that following March. We put you on, like, first time on the air as an interview just yeah. to tell your story. Okay. It was maybe three years after that. We were talking about that interview, and I played a few clips from it. You were floored. Yeah. Floored. Yeah. And that was months afterwards. Yeah. You know, years afterwards. No, it was it was like what nine months somewhere in there. Was it that something like that? Yeah, no. like August to March. Well, I could barely talk. Yeah, yeah, dude. And yeah, Fetterman. It's unbelievable. This is a six-year term as well. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> bad people. In the end, David's right when he says we're just talking about bad people. That, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Hey, you want to get to the story about the Princeton student? Sure. Because this is really interesting. I find this uplifting. Yeah, in this a way. does actually, uh, this does give me a little bit of hope here. There's yeah. a senior at Princeton who has written uh, a, a guest essay uh, in, was it the New York Times or New York Magazine? I, I think it was the New York Times, uh, talking about how far-left progressive radicals on campus are actually pushing students further and further to the right because a lot of people who are common sense or even conservative to begin with are freaking tired of being shouted at all the time. Yep. And what what he writes is today's campus conservatives embrace a less moderate, complacent, and institutional approach to politics. Instead, uh, many tend towards scorched earth politics. But it's not just the consequence of fractured national politics. They're also the results of puritanically progressive campuses that alienate conservative students from their liberal peers and college as a whole. So he he writes about how, like, about 2014, Gen Z starts arriving on campus, and then you hear terms like microaggression, trigger warning, makes it into everyday campus parlance. Um, And then, for example, like one of the things, if you say, hey, I try to be colorblind on the race issue. Oh, no, that is racist, and it is deemed a micro-invalidation. You've got bureaucrats policing conduct and speech. Classes may begin with requests for land acknowledgments. We are on stolen land. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. my God. Yeah. He did all the time. And he tells a story of this woman named Rebecca Adams, uh, who recently graduated. She got to Princeton as a moderate politically. She's the daughter of an immigrant. She is black. But she got run into the ground 
during a discussion on race and policing on campus because, well, she had a more nuanced approach to the issue than defund the police. Well, you can't have a nuanced approach. It doesn't matter no. what color you are. <laughs> yeah, you'll get that. Yeah, so it. eventually she wound up at, she had n- never really considered herself as a conservative, but is now calling herself that, referring to herself as that. Uh, and she describes the process of learning how to think for myself. You know what's and, interesting? I hear people often out in the working world talk about how they really can't say a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And and it depends on the business. Like if you own a business, it could be there are a lot of your clients that don't vote the way you do. So if you're out there vocal, you're going to lose a lot of people. Yeah. And then the question is, is it even my place? Do I need to go on social media and throw all my beliefs? Am I okay to just run my business? So they're having that question. Or, you know, from some other people, they want to say something, but it's fear of getting fired or something else. But this particular student, the only fear is not being accepted by the other students. It's not a big money fear going on with the career. And I wonder if this is going to happen more and more because you got less to lose. Yeah, I think I, I think so, and I think I think it's a good thing. Yes, you know the constant state of being in a revolution and blah blah blah. It's pushing people away, and that's a good thing. Yes, because it's nonsense. Okay, you know what it's time for? Yeah, yeah, we do this every day, right around this time. Okay, we're looking at all these stories out there, but sometimes we see not the biggest story, but one that got your attention. We highlight them right here. Mm-hmm. David, today, what's your story? Well, the game show Jeopardy is doing its college tournament, and uh, one of the students just made, well, me feel old. I feel like I've reached boomer status now. This is a young lady named Audrey uh, Stachivi. She is a senior at Indiana University, and she was, you know, during the Q&A, back and forth, she was asked yeah. about some of her interests, and, well, here you go. So I'm kind of an old soul, so I've been collecting some things that are kind of obsolete now. I've been collecting records, CDs, and DVDs. I just got a new DVD, and I'm really excited about it. DVDs. Obsolete. Obsolete. (laughs) Back in my day. DVDs. Thing is, Robin's never even graduated to DVDs. No, VHS. <laughs> if it ever comes back, I'm loaded, baby. He's, he's still trying to make the laser disc work. <laughs> and I got about, I'll bet you, 500 CDs in storage, too. I've got a ton of CDs. I don't even know why. I don't even have a CD player anymore. Well, I don't I, have one. Really? No. Wow. I sold a ton of CDs a long time ago. And then it, it ended up like you could be selling like a catalog of an artist and maybe get 15 bucks for it. I'm like, well, forget that. I'll hang on to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've just heard recently it's starting to come back around like albums did, even cassettes. Some people like yeah. will pay a lot of money for cassettes, which is kind of crazy. All right, what's your story, Scott? Uh, Fly the rainbow skies, ladies and gentlemen. Remember when United Airlines was fly the friendly skies? Well, that's changed to fly the rainbow skies. Yes, United Airlines made this announcement on a flight from San Francisco to Sydney, Australia, that there's glass all over the floor. For the first time ever, this is an all-LGBTQ crew. Pride in our partnership. Okay. All right, you got that? Yeah. Now, here's my thing. I want to know right now if I can, since they're they're allowing me to, to go ahead and enjoy this with them. Do I have to look for um, 
that tour, that particular flight crew myself. What do you mean? I mean, can I get one that's just straight white guys? Oh. Can I get one that's bi-curious? Can I get a flight crew that is, I mean, if we're matching all this up, how about a flight crew that I'm not going to fly into a mountain with? <laughs> Been a few mishaps recently. I, exactly. I. Well, and let's be honest. There would be a all-female crew if you had your choice. And they would be heterosexual. Well, I don't know about pilots and co-pilots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that quite yet. Oh, here we go. Well, I figure we'd be late taking off, late landing. <laughs> You know, I'm for my kidding, story, by the way, <laughs> save it. My story also had to do with airlines, because if you're new to the show, when David Van Camp used to be a news director and a person in management, even a program director, if any news person came to him with a story about tips, he said, I'll fire you. Mm-hmm. We don't do tips. We don't do got tips. One, they got one warning, right? You got, you got a warning and then you'd okay. be out the door. Yeah. Okay. Outside of that, you'd fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I got. I just saw these tips, but I thought it would be interesting. Okay, because there, this is a former flight attendant giving the tip. If you're going to be flying, mm-hmm. okay, one is just good advice: touch as few surfaces as possible. Oh uh, yeah, and that starts with opening the door when you're going to the restroom. There, holy cow! Okay, and a lot of this has to do with using the restroom on an airplane. No oh, boy. It, don't touch it if you don't have to. Well, that's a last resort place, too. Wow. You know how some people will take their shoes off yeah. to get comfortable, and then they'll walk oh, yeah. with their socks? Yeah. Say, so absolutely don't do that. Mm. Okay? Um, because you, you have no idea what's on that floor. <laughs> and a lot of guys aren't good at aiming, especially during turbulence. Yeah. There's whiz <laughs> everywhere. Things rocking back and forth. Yeah. Real quick, just curious. If you're going to be meeting someone... When you touch down, did you ever brush your teeth? Like, you, I just want to have fresh breath. I'm going to go brush my teeth while I'm in the I never have on a restroom. No. no, I have not. Uh, apparently some people, they would do that because they're going to be meeting a significant other or whatever. Uh, ever heard said, of breath mints? But they said don't do it because the water isn't filtered and the tank doesn't get cleaned <laughs> enough. God. You just top it off between flights. <laughs> okay, a study found there's often E. coli and other bacteria in the water. <laughs> yeah. Don't brush. What's an acceptable amount of E. coli you can ingest <laughs> yeah, but every day? The people who put the E. coli in there, they are the most diverse E. coli givers. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. So you got that going yeah. for you. Thank it's you. It's the first flight crew with E. coli mishaps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you hear Kyle Rittenhouse is getting sued? This is unreal. That and much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Kyle Rittenhouse is getting sued. This is crazy to me. Yeah, uh, the guy or one of the guys he shot, the guy, he, you know, the one who had his arm turned into Hormel Lefty. Chili. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy, Southpaw. The, Southpaw. The guy who came in second place in the Kenosha, Wisconsin uh, quick draw tournament. Yeah. Yeah. He's suing him again. Trying to, I, I, I guess, for... Uh, for the damages to his arm and whatnot. This is a guy who had a gun pointed at him. Yeah, his head. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Same guy. Okay. The, and Rittenhouse was on Tucker's show last night, and apparently this dude, Lefty, his he's got a mountain of lawyers behind him. Mm-hmm. So they, Tucker asked him, do you know who's behind this? And this is what Rittenhouse said. I have no idea who's funding this lawsuit. All I know is that there's a, a powerhouse of attorneys behind Gage Gross Scrutes, and I have Mark Richards, and I know we're going to win to court, but it's going to be expensive. It's going to cost a lot of money to fight these attorneys. They're very powerful. And that's one of the things they talked about was they try to destroy people through civil suits because you can sue anybody. Yeah, and then that costs legal fees and all that, and you're not guaranteed to get anything reimbursed from the other side. So that's really what it is. The left hates this guy. Uh, because he shone a light on the violence that was happening and had to yep. defend himself using a gun. Oh, one of those scary AR-15s. Ah. Yeah. And so they want to ruin him. That's it. Well, Biden defamed him. LeBron James. Yeah. I remember you talking about... LeBron James will be getting a letter, too. Anybody who defamed me or lied about me, we're just going to send him a letter and then deal with them in a courtroom. Oh, good. That should be fun. We will look forward to that. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Still a crisis at the border. Uh-huh. Still a ton of fentanyl coming across the border. Mm-hmm. And that got a little bit of talk yesterday, Capitol Hill. Yeah, it did. Well, the other day on Capitol Hill, uh, there was a woman uh, from Michigan named Rebecca Kiesling. She's a lawyer and conservative activist, and she has set her sights on the opioid crisis because it's personal for her. Uh, in 2020, both of her sons died of a fentanyl overdose. They thought they were taking Percocet. And I think they were 18 and 20, uh, respectively, and they passed away. I mean, that's that's a story that I know national media doesn't cover it a whole lot. But if you look for local news reports, you see that story all the time. It's heartbreaking. Um, yeah. I mean, it was their the case has been blown wide open in Dallas, Fort Worth, with some with some high schoolers getting poisoned by this stuff. Because don't you think that the perception from a lot of people in the United States is that, well, you're talking about drug addicts and they OD'd? Yeah, and it's that, not. That does happen. But it's also people being poisoned. Yeah. They're it, taking something else and it's laced with fentanyl. Right. I mean, they're doing something recreationally and it's it's a dumb thing to do. But, you know, again, it that has happened for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and they're popping a pill. They think it's one thing and then it's laced with fentanyl and then they're dead. I remember the story of the guy talking about his son who had had a terrible back issue for a long time and wanted to get a Percocet and got one. And it was laced with fentanyl. Yeah. Dead. Uh, well, she told lawmakers this week, we need to start treating this like what it is. It's war. Uh, she was on uh, with KTSA's Trey Ware this morning talking a little bit more about it. 
roll it. If they were dying for any other reason, or if you had Chinese troops amassing at the border, you damn well know you would do something about it. They freak out about a, a Chinese balloon going over the country and nobody died. But you're not going to freak out about them killing off 110,000 of our people every year? I think that's a great point that she brings up. Well, I just, you know, in a divided country, and we are, but in a divided country, it seems like there would be some things we can all agree on. And that would be one of them. Yeah, because it's There's not... a problem, and we know where it's originating, and we know how to stop it. We just don't do it. Why? Yeah. Okay, are you guessing that most of the citizens of the country agree, but you have politicians on the left that are fighting against this because of the narrative of where this goes? Yeah, I mean, who is it? Because you've got a border issue, and you right. have an issue with China. I mean, who's And they don't o- want either one of those brought up. Yeah, who's okay with bringing fentanyl in and killing kids? Who's in favor of that? Who's okay with it? Nobody. Nobody is. No. That's why it's been fr- so frustrating. But what do you think they're going to do? Crack down on the border? Exactly. Well, no. Well, no. You, you would think, yes. They, but they won't. In because, a sane world, they would, But yes. that's by design. They want to change the country from the inside out. So it's like collateral damage at this point. Yes, they don't care. Yeah, well, we're going to lose a few kids. But uh, in the grand scheme of things... Yeah. Unbelievable. See, this is this is a thing that makes me nuts. I know. Yes. A lot of people. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden hasn't lost focus on this issue, David. Oh, no. Uh, he was speaking at a Democratic Party event. By the way, this was in front of House Democrats, and a bunch of uh, House Democrats didn't show up because Joni Mitchell was playing. <laughs> I just think that's a fun aside. <laughs> <laughs> It is a fun like they'd rather see Joni Mitchell live in concert. <laughs> <laughs> What's Biden talking about? Oh, he's he's saw weapons. Yeah, uh, Joni Mitchell's playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's making the call for a gun grab. Okay, roll it. No, I may make some of you uncomfortable, but that little state above me, Delaware, is one of the, has the highest rate, one of the highest rates of gun ownership. But guess what? what? We're going to ban assault weapons again, come hell or high water. What's they going to do? And high-capacity magazines. There we go. Uh-huh. When we did it last time, it reduced mass death. No, it didn't. No, when you, when you see the actual murder rate start to come down in the 90s, you know what it actually was? It was the 94 crime bill that's now considered racist by the left. It had nothing to do with yes. an assault weapons ban. It was right. locking up animals who were creating chaos in the streets. It was stop and frisk. It was a yep. whole lot of things where, as a society at the time, we realized, hey, we got a problem with crime. We have to start cracking some skulls. Yep. Well, and we talked about this yesterday. That's what El Salvador has done, the president there. And the murder rate's down 56% because they're rounding up the gang members, MS-13. And some people say, well, it's humiliating what they do. They make them strip down to their white underwear, and, and then they shove them on these buses, and they take them away. <laughs> yeah, they're going to jail. Yeah, so what? But the I murder mean, rate's going down, and that's what the people want. I would also argue that's a deterrent for everyone else. Sure I don't want to end up with those guys. Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. 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 I mean, all this stuff, man, and I know it sounds, you know, to some people maybe tired, that goes back to Marxism, all these different ideologies, they don't work. They fail every single time. 
my goodness, man, how many other big cities in America are going to somehow try to defund the police or, you know, eliminate bail and think, you know, this is going to have a positive effect on crime in our city. Are you out of your mind? You you can't be that dumb. Explain how that's going to work. It doesn't. If you lessen the penalty, there'll be less crime. What? It doesn't. But it's part of destroying the country, which if you're a Marxist, that's your goal. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guys in MS-12 are like, hey, we didn't do any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But then the politicians will show up. Right. You know, with sad face, who's just like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Even though she's been defeated, she won't be the mayor. It's a cop that got shot and killed last night. And as the chief police is making a statement about this guy that had been on the force for five years, there's Lori Lightfoot looking sad. It's your policies. Yep. Do something about it. Well, we don't have to worry about her anymore. She's gone. Yeah, she'll be out. Uh, Update on a story that certainly we've talked about. I know it's been covered. And this is that teacher in Canada with the, is it Z Cup? Prosthetic jugs? The the giant fake jugs, yes. Yeah. That uh, This is the guy in Canada. He's a shop teacher. He likes to wear gigantic fake breasts in front of students. Uh, he goes but not by, out in public, which is why. No, not on, not out in public. So he goes by Kayla Lemieux, and the Halton School uh, Halton District School Board initially backed him, but now he's on leave. Evidently, still employed, but on leave, but not because of the jugs fetish that he likes to perform in front of kids, but because it turns out he doesn't wear them most of the time outside of school. Now, I did not realize this, but I was reading this article in the uh, Toronto Sun. Uh, he claims that the boobs are real. <laughs> he cla- seriously he, he claims he Just has overeating a, he says he's got a rare condition called gigantomastia and uh apparently that means that he is a grown extra large breasts but uh, come on that's no, boobatitis that's not i mean no and also he's been photographed not wearing them. Right. I was going to say, dude, you saw the picture of him walking down the street. Now, you may have a case of moops, but yeah. it's not the Z's. Well, it, well, no, but he says that's not him. So, what? So a reporter asked, okay, well, who was that? Well, I don't want to bring anyone else into this. Okay. Uh, yeah, so apparently what got him the boot here is that he said that he had a diagnosis a formal diagnosis but it was only done uh based on verbal discussions that he's had with his doctor (laughs) and the school district said okay well can you give us some evidence that you actually have this and i like what he told the reporter for the toronto sun i don't think women in general have a formal diagnosis of their breast size now I'm being asked to provide proof. I really don't know how to help you with that. Bust them out. <laughs> Let's see them. <laughs> Double dog dare you. They're prosthetics. Those aren't real. No, of course they're not. You really don't I mean, think if there's a guy who is stricken with this type of, or, or a woman actually, who's stricken with some sort of uh, health issue, that makes their breasts grow that large. They're beach ball size. I mean, come on. That they would. If you've never seen a picture of this person, I mean, it's not even close. No. No. I mean, it, it's it's like this grotesque no. carnival, not even funny sort of size. You're, no. You're telling me you wouldn't be going to a surgeon for a reduction 
Come well, of on, course man. you would. If nothing else, it's just bad for the back. Well, life would be like a dog's eye view everywhere, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dude, there's not a Never human being that has that size of breasts. No. There's not. If there is, they would have come out and said, look at these. This yeah, is real. <laughs> I know. Even that's not politically correct to say, show them. Show them. <laughs> Prove it to the court. Bust them out. <laughs> and they're registered weapons, too. We know they hang low, and they wobble to and fro. Yeah, you do. could probably tie them in a knot. You could probably tie them in a bow. You can certainly whip them over your shoulder like a continental soldier. We know they hang low, but are they real? That's the question. And they're not. You're going to okay. start passing those around at the next Dave Matthews Band concert. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, no more hacky sack. <laughs> hacky boobs. Oh, my ankle shattered. You want to go smoke after second hour? <laughs> what country has the lowest trust of news in the world? Give you three guesses. That and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hey, did you guys know that Hunter Biden laptop, all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation? Oh, yeah, there everybody are knows 50 that. 50 former national intelligence folks yeah. who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. Russian government disinformation comes from the Kremlin. Part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, uh-huh. effort. For all we know. These emails are made up. God love you, man. You're a one-horse pony. I tell you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Everybody knows what a one-horse pony is. Come on. Yeah. That will uh, help answer the question, who has the lowest trust uh, in news in the world? Yes, that would be Americans. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. At the national level, why should you trust anything they say? You shouldn't. What? I mean, really, what, what, is, the, what is an example of when it really counted, they just told the truth. Because it wasn't during COVID. Nope. Uh, it wasn't during the last presidential election. It certainly... No, if it has any sort of political leaning at all, mm-hmm. no. And, and it certainly wasn't during the <clears throat> summer of love. No, absolutely not. I forget, man. I'm trying to remember when there was a breaking news story... And I remember you saying, David, you know what? CNN might have just been reminded what they're actually decent at is covering some sort of breaking story, but I can't remember what it it was. was, That's the only time I can think of when news may get it right. It it was uh, Clarissa Ward on the ground in Kabul during the Afghanistan withdrawal. Their team on the ground did an excellent job of seeing that. And early on in the invasion of Ukraine, I think they they did a really good job on the ground. Until there was a political message involved. Right. Yep. I would agree with that. Well, I think this is honestly, people are looking at this like it's sad. I think it's good news. Because it tells you that people just don't trust what they're being told. I mean, you compare that to some of the other countries out there. Um, 
41% Australia, which was surprising to me mm-hmm. after everything they went through yeah. with the lockdowns. Um, and then if you're talking about, you know, Finland, Denmark, it's over 50%. Finland's 69%. You know, Netherlands, 56%. You know, just depending. Mm-hmm. Portugal, 61%. Um, but my guess is things are not as politicized as they are here, especially with, you know... <laughs> the media always going for a narrative, not just reporting on what's happening. But, I mean, you know, do you think people think we're nuts? And I mean by people that we talk to when we say, you take any day of the week, it doesn't matter. And you can pick ABC, CNN, NBC, show me a half-hour newscast, show you exactly where they're lying to you. Do you think people think you're nuts if you say that? Unless you go through it all, but then again, you don't want to be that uncle at Thanksgiving, right? Here's my slideshow of all the times Lester Holt has lied to your face. But sometimes you want someone to be curious enough just to say, okay, give me an example. Yeah. You know, pull up a 30-minute newscast and show me how they lie, how they create a narrative. Or just don't tell the whole story by omitting certain facts that leaves the viewer thinking something that's completely different from reality. Oh, a a perfect example of it is the news this week about the Department of Energy coming out and saying that they believe that it's fairly likely that the coronavirus came out of the lab. Now, every major news broadcast said it was with low confidence. And then when they said other intelligence agencies Mm -hmm. are saying that uh, it was a natural occurrence. They never mention that the natural occurrence thing is also low confidence. (laughs) They never mention that. Which agencies think it's from the lab or or from nature? I think it's, uh, is it DIA and CIA? I haven't heard them mention it. They've they've said that. I mean, it's one okay. of those things. They're still looking at it, and a lot of a lot of them are just saying we're not going to make a determination one way or the other. Okay, because if you're the CIA and you say, you know, we really think it came from nature, we should probably just disband the whole thing. Because <laughs> you can't figure that one out. What can you figure out? No, it's absolutely politics with that. Um, this is not a huge story, but I thought you know, if you're listening right now, you might find this interesting. And it's going back to the Super Bowl. If you watched the game, and I know most people did. Mm-hmm. Remember the field? It was a mess. Oh, people yeah. were slipping all over the place. Yeah. People wondered what happened. Yep. George Toma is a groundskeeper. He's one of the best ever. They call him the sod father. Yeah, he is. He's, he's <laughs> 94 years old. He's like the Beatles of this stuff. Yeah. He tells you now what happened. He said, well, they watered the hell out of it on Wednesday. Yep. Before the game on Sunday. Then they rolled it into the stadium and covered it with a tarp. What they should have done was let it dry out in the sun first. And he also said, I'll tell you who's to blame, the NFL field director, Ed Mangan. <laughs> okay? He didn't take care of it. He wouldn't listen to anybody. So at 94, he said he'd had enough. said, I can't take it anymore. Me and the league are finished. They can't tell me what to do anymore. There you go. Good for you, Sodfather. I th- the Sodfather's world famous, yes. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. Uh, I mean, there are a lot to pick from. I still think it's pretty amazing that the attorney general says it's hard to find criminals when they commit crimes at night. That's <laughs> It really is something, man. Can't get over that. And with Jane's revenge. Yeah. 
taking credit for firebombing these places. And Mary Garland says, well, if you got any tips. That's That's your job. I am fresh out of ideas. The well is dry. If you could help me a little bit, that'd be great. I'm Merrick Garland for Crime Stoppers. <laughs> you know what? We got to get to this story. This 11-year-old shocked his school board by reading aloud from a graphic book he got in middle school. Oh, my God. That's next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. All right, then. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. And the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Having to see this story at Daily Wire. It's a story about this 11-year-old kid from Maine. He went in front of his school board, took the microphone, and read aloud from a book. It happens to be sexually graphic. Mm. Um, Where'd he get this book, Jamie? Well, he introduces himself, and he I'll just let him tell the story. Okay. Okay? Hi, my name's Knox Zajac. Uh, I'm 11 years old, and I go to Wyndham Middle School. I'm a sixth grader. Sixth grader. Sixth grader, okay. You got That's where you got the book, was at school. Out of the library. Yes. Yeah. Um, man, I, kid's got a great name. Knox Zajac. Dang. First name, Knox. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Okay, so he starts reading from the book. Okay. By the way, uh, the book is called Nick and Charlie, written by Alice Oseman. Yeah. A story of two teen boys who get involved uh, sexually. Yeah. Okay. So he reads from the book. I was in the library, and this book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. Okay. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. Who's uncomfortable? I already am. I see the look on Van Camp's face. What are these school board members doing at this time? Uh, White knuckling? Yes. Yes. He's pulling off my t-shirt, laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. We're kissing again. We're rolling over. Obviously, you can see where this is going. I don't know if it's because we're feeling especially emotional or just tired. Still uncomfortable? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, then by all means, keep rolling, because it gets better. But this reminds me so much of the first time we had sex. We were both f***ing terrified, and the whole thing was kind of terrible, because we didn't know what we were doing. Hmm. But it was good, too, so good, because we were a mess of emotions, and we were scared and excited, and everything felt new. Well, you think you're uncomfortable, maybe should have been on the old school board, because now they're really feeling the heat. Uh, Yeah. And as the kid wraps up... Um, he mentions this. Now, this book was at my middle school, and it was on a stand. When I rented it out to show my dad it, uh, the librarian asked if I wanted more and if I wanted a graphic novel version. Huh. Okay. Who the hell are we? <laughs> well, and, and so he gets a round of applause. Yeah, you, know, you can hear you know, people. Okay. okay. So then there's still time left that he hasn't taken. The year you give time to talk. That's when Knox's dad Uh-oh. steps up. 
and to paint the picture, I, I don't know how old. I would guess maybe late 30s. You know, regular looking dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, full beard, dark hair. Just talks like a regular dude. And he's certainly not happy, as you can tell. Oh, boy. So I'm that kid's oh, father. Gonna... Okay, good. I was asking for you. Yeah, I'll take another three minutes. So that's my son. Okay. 11 years old. And went to his library and found that by the entry door of our library, this is the smut that he is finding. All right? I don't care whether it's gay, straight, bisexual, whatever the terms are for all this stuff, doesn't need to be at our school. And that, he had just said what so many parents across the country have either said or thought. Why? What are you doing? I absolutely cannot understand this. Why this is a controversial subject. Why? What's the value add there? Exactly. I mean, I, I don't understand what... What exactly is, I, you know, I, I, I don't love the idea of, of putting a kid out there like that. And we've talked about this for years. I mean, I don't, I don't like it when I get the sense that a kid is being used as a prop or whatever. But I think in this case, you know, you, you, you kind of do have to have the children reading this stuff aloud to get through to the idiots yep. who are saying this is banning books just because a character is gay or black or anything it's like no 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 that's not what anybody's beef is most rational people no and honestly i think they know that Mm -hmm. they don't care because it's about indoctrination because i truly believe no one can be that dumb but dad's not done good he rolls on doesn't need to be at my 11 year old's library and then as far as gender queer i've got a son in the high school as well and this is we know it, all right? We do not need to be having literature that's showing boys how to suck the all right? This is, I'm very, very frustrated about it, okay? And I can tell, but to his point, I agree. You may think that schools know the best for our children. You know who know the best for our children? The parents. Yeah, dude. I'm stunned. It- Dude, I wonder. I'm absolutely stunned. Wonder how many schools across the country where you could find the same sort of stuff, because we've heard over the last few years, when it comes to a number of different topics, different parents have said, "I had no idea what was going on in my school. I was shocked." No, because you trust people. Yes. With your children, you just do. Yeah. Yeah. I. But again, the progressive argument is always, "You're banning books." Yeah. Book burners? Yeah, it's not age appropriate. No. Not banning anything. I'm just saying an eleven year old shouldn't have this as a available in his library to read. Right. Yeah, it, it's insane, man. I mean it And you where's know, the man, progressive argument for the other? Like, well, no, kids should be able to read these at eleven. I mean what well, you've heard enough progressive talk about it, David. What would their I, argument be? I think it comes down to people don't actually... There are people who think that they're on the right side of history or whatever, and whatever conservatives say is bad must must or must or be good, actually, by default, and who don't know any better. And then also, I think a lot of the people driving it, uh, honestly, it's not rocket science. They just want to diddle your kids because... If there's a guy handing out literature yep. on how to 
you know, play Oscar Mayer bumper cars, you're going to call the cops if he's at your yep. playground. If you, <laughs> I mean, yeah. where else in public up? someone talks to your kid about anything to do with sex <laughs> yeah. that the cops aren't getting called or someone's getting a beating or somebody's getting a beating? Yeah. Hi, hi, hi there, kid. Here's a here's a graphic novel of showing the finer points of bobbing for apples in the community pool. <laughs> right. You're like, no, get away from me, you freak. Exactly. Meanwhile, totally different story, yeah. but I think related. I just happened to see this out of Newsweek. Um, there's a special writer in there, and that would be Miguel Cardona. Know who he is? Education secretary. Yeah. Yes. You know what he's writing about? What's that? We're raising the bar for parent partnership in our schools. <laughs> It's like comedy, except it's just not fun. (laughs) You're raising the bar, you say. Well, first he starts with, there's far more that unites parents across America than divides us. As Secretary of Education, a parent, and a former teacher and principal, I've seen that no matter a parent's political leaning, their top priority is making sure that their child has access to a school where they can learn and feel welcome and get a quality education. Well, see, that's where you're wrong. Because now the bar's been lowered to, well, the first thing i got to be concerned about is there's not some freak that wants to diddle my kid. Because too much has been found out. But as he says, unfortunately, some politicians and elected officials in recent years have been less focused on that and are more interested in using education as a means to divide us, not unite. (laughs) The gall. This is how you know you're over the target, right? When, When they start saying, well, stop being so divisive here right remember this guy couldn't answer the question about biological boys competing in girls sports would not answer the question it's the yeah this clown and so he goes on to talk about under the american rescue plan here's how we've helped kids get back from covid we've had all these great victories it's like have you seen the numbers dude you could not go to any workplace with the track record that you have right now and try to sell that as being something good. You'd be fired. But this administration, nobody gets fired. So he's talking about how his department is speaking with parents regularly to help them understand how their schools can utilize billions in new funding under the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. And all this money. And then, near the end, the last few paragraphs, where is it? Oh, talking about, oh, And these Republicans taking away critical resources in education. They didn't want to fund all these different things. The most vocal proponents of parents' rights are missing in action when it comes to the actual work of helping our nation's parents and students. Not one of these elected officials claiming to promote parents' rights voted for the critical resources in the American Rescue Plan. For everything from aggressive recovery efforts in reading and math to invest in mental health. It's not about the loudest voices or political grandstanding. It's about welcoming the voices of all families and inviting parents to be a real part of decision-making. You lying sack. It's not what it's about at all. It's just it's disgusting. Can't wait for all these people to get shown the door. Me too. So that's going to happen sooner or later. All right. Terrible story out of Florida. This guy died from what? Oh, a, a brain-eating amoeba. Oh, no. Yeah. How did this happen? So the guy was not identified, but he was a resident of Charlotte County, Florida. 
he died uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the county has put out this alert that there may be some tainted water coming through the pipes. Now, they want to stress that this brain-eating amoeba does not affect you if you drink it. Apparently, uh, the way that this guy got it was he used it in a neti pot. He put the the thing to, like, clear out the sinuses. Oh, yeah, one side and out the other. Yeah, so he put it there, and apparently that put the brain-eating amoeba close enough to its feeding ground, and it got it. Ate his freaking brain. Yeah, yeah. This oh. is an infection that kills over 97% of the people who get it. Oh, goodness, man. CDC said he should have been wearing a mask. I'm just <laughs> kidding. He didn't. They didn't say that. Man, that's terrible. Let's scratch a neti pot off my list of things I want. <laughs> I have one. I don't want it. Sinuses. Well, well, be careful. My wife's always on me going, you know, you're supposed to clean that every once in a while. Yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> mm. Yeah, did I just gross you out? Brain yeah, you did. Me by floating around in there. Yeah. I figure there's enough bacteria in it that's going to kill that thing off before it hits that's my brain. True. It's a war of amoebas going <laughs> on in your neti pot. <laughs> okay, let's switch topics. Super TikTok. Yeah. You know what they're doing? They care about the kids, too. Well, of course they do. They're going to start limiting kids to one hour per day. Yeah. Uh-huh. How is this going to work? How is this going to work? Well, I can tell you. I don't know. Your tone is very aggressive, Scott. Well, I could just see it going, if you're under the age of 12, you can't. Well, at, click at, here to tell me you're under you're over the age of 12. Says after the first hour kids 12 and under won't be able to keep using it unless a parent or guardian punches in a code to extend viewing by 30 more minutes. How do they know that? It's, it's got a timer on it. No, how do they know you're 12 or 10? You, you tell them. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> People don't lie. You're going to lie. I'm 21, I swear I am. Kids 13 and up can enter their own code. Now, I'm not judging. I'm just saying you should question it if you got a kid under 12 on TikTok this is the dumbest for hours thing. a day. Yeah, That's course. not good. Go read the studies. It's terrible for their mental health. Somebody from the Biden administration come up with this? You know, you wonder because they're trying to hold on because you keep hearing the story that sooner or later this thing yeah. is going to get banned. Yeah. It's a Chinese spy app. Yeah. David's been making that point forever. Well, yeah. It's you, true. You absolutely should delete the app and get a new phone. That's what they said. That's not a joke. Mm-hmm. They're like, deleting the app, honestly, not enough. You actually have to get rid of the entire phone. They'll track the kid wherever the kid goes. Which is pretty wild. Uh, Bill Maher in trouble again with transgenders. Not surprising, but we'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, who wants to talk about the trans issue? Gee, don't everybody raise your hand at once. <laughs> well, I think this was what some might say was a nuanced conversation. Mm, yeah. With almighty Jake Tapper and Bill Maher. The haircut, the original haircut. Yes. Um, and it's funny because at least my perception was is... The tap is asking Bill Maher. He's he's treading on on ground very gently. You know, I, 
comedian David Cross said it this way, and I, you know, I, I'm not saying it's necessarily you or Chappelle, but you know, and he's trying to make his point. It goes like this. I mean, is it that important to you? Just move on and not hurt hundreds of thousands of people. Oh. It's a choice people make. Well, I thought that was an interesting quote. What, what, what you, I mean, I guess the larger criticism of Chappelle from people like David Cross is he's punching down, not like what Carlin did, punching up. What do you think? I don't really agree. I, I mean, I think the trans community is asking for too much. Um, again, the difference between liberal and woke. Uh, liberals are people who I think would say, uh, I certainly would, uh, trans is of course a real thing. You know, some people are just, you know, I don't I mean, they probably don't like this terminology, but born in the wrong body, whatever the... the, the now he's trying to be careful with what he says. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the equipment doesn't match how you feel. Absolutely. And it's great we live in a time where people like that can freely live the lives they should live with. Okay. But the woke point of view is something very different. Like, um, well, babies are born now and just jump ball. We don't know what they are. Uh, congratulations, you have a boy. Well, let's not be hasty. Uh, there's a penis that could be an indication of a male, but it's, it's really, uh, we'll find out later and we can always get rid of it. <laughs> Is that too simple? Because it seemed oh. kind of spot on. I, I think that is. Uh, you know, and, and the, the radical movement uh, goes way too far. I mean, remember the, the publisher for Roald Dahl's children's books? They agreed yeah. to have sensitivity readers get rid of harmful words. The lead censor is somebody named Joe Ross Barrett, who is described as a non-binary, asexual, polyamorous, relationship anarchist who is on the autism spectrum. So we're letting people with obvious mental health issues decide what kids and can and cannot handle. That's not okay. Dude, we elevate them in the government. <laughs> it's, it's insane. But there are too many people afraid to just call it what it is. And that's the other part that always drives you crazy, is the argument comes from the left saying, you want people to be non-existent. No, first and foremost, stay away from the freaking kids. That's all we ask. Go live your life. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, this is the White House comms director? Yeah, and actually, she's on the way out. Uh, the uh, comms director is Kate Bedingfield. She actually quit once before, but then stayed on. But apparently, this one's going to take eventually. So she was doing an interview. I think this was on MSNBC. And she was asked about the student loan bailout that Joe Biden wants to do unilaterally. And the Supreme Court right now is addressing whether or not he has the legal authority to do that. Um and she says, well, yeah, he does. And look, everything that Biden does is about lowering costs for everyone. Okay. Uh, to bringing down energy prices, which he's also done through uh, numerous actions he's taken over the last couple of years. 
Robbins is going to lose it. But what world am I living in? What alternative universe is this person in right now? Well, your energy That's prices insane. have come down. No, they haven't. No one I know. <laughs> and where where have the energy prices come down? Well, that's, where? that's their truth. It's it's. I know, not the truth. It's not even close to the truth. If you're going to lie, at least make it somewhat believable. <laughs> it's like people don't get bills. <laughs> I don't even know what mine is. It's probably down. I don't know. She goes on. To lowering people's utility bills to, again, working to try to provide relief from student debt for middle class and working families. Everything that he does when he is uh, pushing forward his economic... Time out. That student loan debt is not just for middle class and low income families. Uh, no, it's not. And in fact, it would target mostly uh, people with like master's degrees who are pretty comfortable by U.S. median income standards. And more likely to vote for the Democratic Party. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, pushing forward his economic agenda is about giving people that breathing room. Oh, uh, yeah. He's just breathing room. Scranton Joe, hardworking, blue collar. No time to visit that. Where's that train at? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, those people will be fine. Drink the water. How can you look Whatever. at people right now and tell them their energy prices have gone down? Yeah. How is that possible? When I was a little boy in Scranton. I drank bacteria every day. <laughs> Made me stronger. I don't know how they do it, Scott. I don't know. They just do. Again, you've got a media that doesn't call them out. You just say stuff. I know. But again, here's the good news. 26% of people trust freaking news media. The rest know they're being lied to. That's good. Maybe this winter, if you kept your house at 36 degrees, it went down. I don't know. Now, you had another story out of the White House, David? Oh, yeah. Well, this is about also the student loan bailout. I thought yeah. this was really funny. The Washington Post editorial board uh, says this. Biden overreached on student loans, but the court shouldn't stop him. Yeah, we know what he's doing is illegal, but the court really shouldn't overrule anything. Uh, what they write in part is, while we have criticized the Biden plan as a regressive and expensive mistake, we also believe... It would be an overreach for the justices to strike it down. There are limits that restrict when and how a court can exercise its authority, and this is one of those instances in which it should recognize those limits. Which okay, really, I mean, these are simple questions, but I know this is simple. Where does that money come from? Right. Us. Mm-hmm. Why? Why should someone that didn't go to school because they didn't want to go way in debt and started working or went to a school that wasn't as expensive, why should they pay for someone else? That's BS. Everyone knows that it's not fair. As far as I can tell, the universities are not hurting for money. Uh, No, they're not. Endowments, you're talking millions and millions of dollars. Billions. Billions of dollars. Well, all those universities with the savings on electric bills, they... (laughs) <laughs> They're able to fund all sorts of things. Put it back to them. Why, why do none of these people suggest that? Again, this is one of those things. It's like going to the doctor. You don't know how much anything is. It's just the prices are there and gone. But when you go into student loan debt, you know what it is. You know how much you're taking out. Yes. You know what the tuition is. And whether or not you believe that's going to pay off in the end, okay, 
You know, we've been blasted. I don't know how many times. You guys are talking about cars. It's really irresponsible to message your kids and not get a higher education. No, 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 no. I've never said that. No. Said it is not smart to go thousands and thousands of dollars in debt for a career that doesn't pay much. You're always going to be behind. If you want to live that way, be my guest. It's financially stupid. But we should pay for their education. Yeah. Jam it up. No. Nobody wants that. Well, again, if we banned guns, there wouldn't be any guns to their heads, and this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. Them signing the student loans. Yes. Yes. I know. This is the dumbest thing. Oh, I know. I mean, it's just and the it's, dumbest thing. And they're acting like, well, these people, these evil people don't want to give people a break. It's just breathing room that the hardworking folks need. But on what planet do you pay someone else's loan off? Go talk to the universities I mean, with all the money. Well, you ever see what their administrative staff cost is? Yeah, but, well, with DEI personnel, holy at mackerel! All. I mean, just alone, they sit around and bellyache and moan. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's their job. <laughs> one, one easier fix is just if you're going to have these types of loans issued, then structure it more similarly to an FHA loan for a first-time home buyer. Like, hey, and I don't know, you know, all the. Uh, all the intricacies of it, but I would say, you know, hey, you have degrees ranked based on possible profitability and the avail- and and the potential for the person taking out the loan to pay it back in a timely manner. Right. Well, they'll never do that because college entrance rates would I, they would plummet. Oh goodness, yes. But you would never would think so. You would never sell a home to an unemployed eighteen-year-old. You no bank no. in America would no. say yes. I'm going to give you this loan for this house. You're absolutely right. It's insanity. Okay, moving on. Uh, feel free to sue Donald Trump if you were one of the officers on January 6th. Yeah, yeah. So the Department of Justice has now said that yes, a police officer who was injured during the Capitol riot, you there's Donald Trump doesn't have any immunity from you suing him. Which, I, it's like, I know liberals are all, uh, you know, a Twitter right now, like, oh my gosh, uh, this is such a big deal, like, let the games begin, Donald Trump's going to be ruined, blah, 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 which may happen, but at the same time, uh, people like representatives Ayanna Presley, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ought to be really worried because of what happened in 2020. The whole idea Ooh. that the Justice Department has put out there is that, well, he incited this riot and therefore people should be able to take donald trump to court for it okay i don't think so right well i i mean the vice president was actively raising bail money for people who were rioting in 2020 true so you really i don't think you want to go down this road but we'll see we'll see what happens oh man you know and of course another big story this week has been how many people knew of the threats and nothing was done right. yeah. before January 6th? And we're still waiting. And you explained this more in depth yesterday, David, about Tucker Carlson getting the January 6th tapes, yeah, the video, hours and hours and hours. But they don't get to take it with them. They have to go to D.C. and then request a copy of it to yeah. use on the show because he had promoted that he would have some stuff this week. It hasn't happened yet. But, man, I'm looking forward to that. Well, and we had this, you know, earlier in the show, something that Tucker did have on last night, and it's 
you know, honestly something that we all should be fighting against, and that is the scourge of toxic masculinity. Because (laughs) Doug Emhoff, that's Kamala Harris's husband, that's what he's tackling. Because he knows America is going to be a much better country if we could just tackle the toxic masculinity. Yeah, former linebacker in the NFL, Doug Inman. No, I don't think he is. Yeah. But he was interviewed by Jonathan Capehart from MSNBC. Um, about Another some of the manly things, man. Uh, yeah, you, these two guys picked to fight toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's, it's something. Can we just talk about masculinity for a moment? Um, has being second gentleman changed your own view of perceived gender roles or what it means to be a man? That's this is something I've I've thought about a lot and something I've spoken about a lot. There's too much of toxicity, it, it, masculine toxicity out oh. there, and there, we've kind of confused. Hold on a second. So since he's become, what is the uh, second First, gentleman? Second, second gentleman. gentleman. Okay. <laughs> okay. Since he's become second gentleman. Uh, it, it's changed his idea, and now he sees toxic masculinity in some sort of way. I don't think he quite explains that part. He just sees it out there. I, I've seen him before saying that there have been uh, apparently there have been a lot of conversations about him uh, having a lower rank than his wife, who's the vice president. And I, I don't know who's having that conversation because either way, I mean. She's been a senator, too. <laughs> I mean, not exactly a new dynamic there in that relationship. No. What it means to be a man, what it means to be masculine, where you've got this trope out there that you've got to be tough and you know angry and, and lash out. To- who ever said, said who? Angry and lash out. Where are the receipts on that? Where are they? Who's saying that? Being tough, I understand. Because the world is a tough place. Yeah. No doubt about it. These guys. You got to have thick skin. As far as, what, anybody teaching the game? You know what? You got to be angry. <laughs> okay? Got it. That's part of being a man. Lash out. You got to lash strong. out. I did just the opposite. And I'm going to continue to use this platform every time I get to, to speak out against this toxic masculinity that's out there. Okay, is this what this is all about? Just a guess. Hey, you know... You dads that went to those school board meetings and not happy about what was going on at school, whether that was CRT or the trans activism, whatever that was, okay? When you were out there protesting the lockdowns, some of you guys, and you you just had that angry look on your face. And and maybe you shouted. <laughs> but that's toxic, and we got to stamp that out. Right. Is that what they're getting at? I think like, so, Like, just yeah. don't disagree. Be just, you know, doormats. That's what we want our men to be now. Okay, just lay down and let us rule everything. Well, the first gentleman's were taken off and put in the refrigerator, and he gets to have them on the weekend. <laughs> That's it. We won't be needing those anymore. Is that what you see? Like, David, it, it, we've talked about this before. You're in a competition, like a marksman con- competition mm-hmm. at the gun club, right? Yeah. And when you're around, is that one of the conversations that you fellas have? Well, we got to do something about this toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I'm picturing right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah. In between, you know, you're talking about you know tea. technique uh, of switching mags and things like that. Yeah. It's like you know what really gets me right now, guys. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable yeah, exactly. with all this gun talk right now. It's scaring me. <laughs> and the women that partake too, they're they're the ones who are. They're 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 saying, listen, guys. I'm glad that you're getting in touch with your feminine side. <laughs> I'm touching it now. <laughs> uh, whatever you do, I mean, whatever you do, don't say trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> don't really freak out. All right, news update straight ahead, right here. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. All right, so we've been following the story of John Fetterman, the Democrat senator out of Pennsylvania, who almost died from a stroke a couple days before the primary last year and then won the primary, stayed in the race, did irreparable damage to his chances of recovery, and is now in the hospital because, well, because he's got clinical depression, which was made worse by the stroke that he had. And so, you know, a lot of the criticism has gone to the people in his life because, I, I mean, I don't know how you let a loved one continue to do something that everyone knows will make your life worse. I don't know how you do that if you love somebody. I don't either. Um, and, and the whole thing was, well, he, this is something he really wanted and he said he wanted it. Again, he wasn't of right mind to yeah. make those decisions. Right. That's when you need loved ones to come in and help you. Now the uh, Washington Post has a perspective column from their first ever gender columnist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who says that Giselle Fetterman is now the right wing's favorite supervillain. Giselle uh. being the horrible wife. Because you're not a loving wife if you let your husband do that. Sorry, that's just the truth. And if you take uh, politics agree. out of it, you take the politics out of it, most people would agree. Well, and supervillain, to me, means someone that is in some way threatening. I don't know of anyone that's threatened by her. They just think she's a terrible person. Yeah. Well, and, and so she has now responded. Because remember, she also, the day he went to the hospital for clinical depression, which, and I don't know his particular circumstances, but a lot of times... When somebody needs to be hospitalized, it's because there's a threat of self-harm. And yes. so I, you know, again, I don't know what was going on, but it wouldn't be surprising if there was something to that. Um, and she took the kids to Niagara Falls. <laughs> like, you're not, you're not going to D.C. to be with your husband? I understand trying to get the kids' minds off of stuff, drop them off with grandma and grandpa yep. or something, but... Dang. If there's a time that guy ever needed you, it's probably right now. So she is now the victim, uh, according to her. She says, in the worst moments of our lives, women are told it's their fault. In case you need to hear it today, it's not your fault. I will keep living and fighting with love. We all need more of it. Good <laughs> Again, no, I mean, I, I, nobody's necessarily saying it's your fault your husband had a stroke. Nobody or, said that, no. Or if your husband has struggled with depression his whole life, that's not your fault. You want me to accept your behavior is just something people do. It's just normal. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? But, but yeah. Abandon people like your spouse if they're in a 
jeopardize state. Why not? They don't okay. need you. I'm going to try to bring something a little more uplifting to the show just momentarily. Okay. See if you like this story or not. All right. Did you hear about this high school cheerleader in Nebraska? Her whole team quit. I saw that. She was out there by herself. I saw that. Yes, she decided yeah. she was going to go ahead and go to the state championships by herself. And she did it. That took guts. Katrina Cole. She just said she put in too much time and effort to just quit. The crowd seemed to love it. They were cheering her on. She oh, yeah. finished eighth in her division. You could say, well, that doesn't sound great. There were 12 teams, so there were people that finished behind her. And now she's going to enlist in the Air Force for her. Yeah. Keep on rolling. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Okay. Biggest story of the day is... Well, one of the biggest stories of the day is actually coming up in uh, Scott Robin's trifecta. Really? And He saved know, it for the solo record? What you, is it? You will, you will never, ever guess what a mayor of a city did that cleaned up the streets from homeless people. Unbelievable. It is amazing what he did. And it actually In California, worked. mind you. It's in California. Yeah. All right, so you're saying it's a homeless problem. Yeah. And this mayor did something solved about it. Solved it. Not just did something about it, solved, solved it. it. Yeah. And now the game is we got to guess exactly what he did. Yeah, right. I'll give you is a hint. Is enforcing the law part of it? I'll give you a hint. It had nothing to do with giving out free needles. <laughs> no. Get to that in the Robin's trifecta next. Robert's trifecta coming up in a few. News update, David Van Camp. Golly, this is a horrible story out of Maryland. No. Um, And another example of, I mean, just the absolute dereliction of duty that we've seen under Joe Biden when it comes to enforcing border security in our country. A 20-year-old woman named Kayla Hamilton was murdered by a gang member who was here illegally. Dude came into the country was actually in custody, but was handed over to HHS because he was under 18, so he was considered an unaccompanied minor, and then was released into the United States. That happened about a little less than a year ago, uh, where, again, he was in custody. Gosh, man. And they let him go. Well, yeah, he's just a kid looking for a better life. Okay. I don't know how many times we talked about it when you would hear the left talking about, you have something against families who are seeking asylum and their lives are threatened and they're just trying to find a better place where they would be safe. And then you would look and it's throngs of dudes coming up through the southern border. You know, like you people are full of crap. Yeah. And and unfortunately, this is not surprising. Uh, Still tragic. Kayla's mom did an interview with Fox News and I want to tell you that it's brutal hearing this. This is what she had to say about what happened he came in her room he startled her she picked up the phone she called her boyfriend but it went to voicemail and the voicemail was two minutes of 30 seconds of him with a struggle and him strangling her they think that um he raped her after she was dead oh my gosh 
public execution with that person. Oh, absolutely. Just get rid of them. Don't need to spend another minute on it. Nope. Oh, my gosh. You know, I just seen an update, too, with the illegal immigration problem now going to Canada because it's been reported before the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, busing people here illegally up to Canada. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which by the way, which is unreal. That's that's actually, you know, they made this big human trafficking thing about uh, Governor Abbott and DeSantis. If you're sending yeah. people to another country, that actually is human trafficking. I mean, it, it's not covered from legacy media <laughs> right. at all. But always talking about, well, I mean, these people should be welcoming. We're the United States. Statue of Liberty. Blah, blah, blah. New York, get them out. It's the same way Chicago, Colorado, get them out of here. Hey, we want to help, but not here. And so Canada is sort of the same way. And yet you have people going up into Canada. And the failing New York Times, part of a story about it, talking about this lady, Helene, lives on this road near the place where a lot of legal border crossings happen. And she's watched and she's getting frustrated because she thought, well, maybe in the winter the inflow is going to stop a little bit. It has not because you got New York sending buses up there. And she said, get this, there's no political will to fix this. Really? She said, Canada is soft. And the United States doesn't even care because this is nothing compared to what's happening on their southern border. She's right. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, dude, I don't know why they're just not honest with people. First of all, we're broke. We're $32 trillion in debt. And we're always talking about the marginalized people in the United States. What are you doing to help them? Well, I guess you could say we've got, what, over a trillion trying to help people in need already. But it's this nonsense, and we all know it's about getting votes in future generations and changing the country forever. But I guess it's not going to stop until we get somebody else in office that has the will to shut down the border. And you go back to the first time Trump talked about a wall and people thought he was nuts. Even some people on the right. Mm -hmm. Look at how that's aged. Wow, man. All right, Robbins, are you ready for your big Yeah, let's roll, baby. Let's go. Okay. I'm hoping for something uplifting in here. Well, count on it. Brutal. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, the Scott Robbins trifecta helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, buddy. Casey Casey. Yes. Getting closer to the weekend. Yeah. Coming over this weekend? Yeah. Keep inviting you. You never show three. up. Okay. Whatever. Uh, number three, yep. the mayor of Coronado, California, did something radical to solve their homeless crisis, and apparently all you had to do was enforce the law. This is really something. And this, this is weird, too, because you say to yourself, well, of course, he's the mayor. You enforce the law, right? Well, not so fast. Doesn't happen everywhere. Uh, the Coronado mayor, Richard Bailey, said there are no vagrants is in his city at all. 
Okay. How have you reinforced this reincompatment? I can't say the word encampment issue, huh? Three. <laughs> I know. Let's start all over again. <laughs> Blow it up, man. God, I got to that word and I practiced this thing because I knew this was going to happen. Almost just went hard word and just kind of moved right over it. Uh, the policies, he said, are in place of the regional and statewide level that tolerating this type of behavior that is personally destructive and also destructive to the surrounding communities are really enabling the situation to increase throughout the entire state and throughout our region. Changing these policies will actually have a major impact. Coronado funds what they call reasonable services to help those struggling get back on their feet. But the city also has a zero-tolerance policy for violating their codes. We also make it very clear we don't tolerate encampments along our sidewalks, and we don't tolerate other code violations, such as being drunk, uh, urinating in public, defecating in public. We don't tolerate this. It's not going to happen here. And yes. it's working. It's working. Good. Zero tolerance policy is working. Yeah, and from what I can tell, basically, the idea is uh, we'll help you if you want to get sober. If That's you right. need something, we'll help you. But otherwise, you can't. You, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That's it. Got to go. Got to move it. on. Can't be here anymore. It's common sense, man. Meanwhile, California, of course, has spent $10 billion to curb the homeless crisis over the last 10 years. Oh, because every policy invites more homeless. 30% of the country's homeless population resides in California, by the way. Wow. This is a simple solution. Hey, here's the deal. We'll help you. Honestly, But if you man. don't want our help and you continue to violate the law, out you go. Okay. I, I could go off on a tangent here. It's your bit. I'll put it to you this way. Kids should be taught early on in school honestly how things work and you can have a soft heart for people but if you want to help them you cannot enable them and show them all the research of how it doesn't work huh. i had to learn it the hard way dude you know me you've known me for years bleeding heart doing whatever and then you finally come to the realization you know what we're doing we're hurting these people more than we're helping golly i'm happy that that guy's doing what he's doing all right we're getting closer and closer to number one. Here we go. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Number two, well, staying on the topic of homelessness, uh, yeah. Oregon's doing things a little bit different. They are. Uh, in August of 2022, one of the residents there told the NBC affiliate, KGWB, about the multitude of for sale signs in once sought-after neighborhoods in North Portland, where he said, I've been here for 30 years. He said it makes you feel... Not great about living here. Makes living in the neighborhood harder. And it makes you get returning on investment much harder. Now the dire situation continues to worsen. The latest federal census numbers show Oregon's overall population is now shrinking for the first time in decades. And they're losing residents. So what do you do? Well, here's what you do. Go to Lake Oswego. If you want an <laughs> out-of-control state Democrat party running things, you propose a bill to pay the homeless $1,000 a month to spend with zero restrictions. That will fix it, you see. Wow. Uh, two Democrat state lawmakers in February introduced legislation that would establish a People Housing Assistant Fund demonstration program 
to give $1,000 handouts to people who are experiencing homelessness <laughs> or people who are at risk of being homeless. Payments may be used for rent, emergency expenses, mm-hmm. food, child care, or other goods or yeah. services of the participants choosing. Yeah, cut out the middleman and just give them heroin. I mean, you might as well. <laughs> yeah, let's engage in a little logic here. Now, assumed, just assume for a second, the mindset of the typical homeless person sleeping and urinating on public sidewalks, strung out on meth, crack, heroin, fentanyl, alcohol, whatever. What might that person do with $1,000? Dude, drugs, it, alcohol, it, other mind-bending as, uh, substances, probably some junk food thrown in there. There you go. This isn't, again, man, this isn't some sort of theory. Studies show this. You give people that are not used to having money all of a sudden a bunch of money, it doesn't help. It's destructive. Good night, man. How many people now, have, on with I, the I countdown. Mean, how many people have to flee a city before somebody realizes this is the wrong path to be on? I mean, there, how's it... How many people? What's what's the point where it just bursts? When is it? Well, the, one of the problems is a lot of the people that are leaving would have voted the other way. <laughs> yeah. That's part of it. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, and number one. Yeah. <clears throat> number one, uh, doctors say that uh, black people have insomnia and headaches because of whiteness, PTSD. Yeah, a Mercedes Carnathan, Ph.D., Vice Chair of the Northeastern University Department of Preventative Mess of Medicine. So she authored this piece. She said, growing evidence shows the lasting impacts of racism and how they put certain groups in a position to have a much tougher time of getting a full night's sleep. National data indicate that black adults and other non-white adults have poorer sleep than white people. Black people are robbed of restlessness. But it's because of white people? It's because of white people and the threat of the KKK and white supremacy, keeping them up at night. Today? Yes! We're not talking about NBA players that just guarded Luka Doncic tonight. <laughs> no. And you can't sleep afterwards. We're talking about you're afraid of the KKK now? Yeah. Then you need to get some other news source or read different but something well, because somebody, you're being told lies. Somebody said perhaps it's disadvantages due to DNA. And she said No. It's more likely attributed to social and structural factors that influence our opportunity to get a good night's sleep. Tell me again how, uh, uh, what's his name, Scott Adams was wrong? Well, you can't. The Dilbert guy got in a lot of trouble earlier this week because he said, well, my advice to white people is stay the hell away from black people. How is what he said any different than that? That, that, it's not, but it was him that said it. That, that like, what whiteness is giving black people PTSD? Yeah, yes. trouble sleeping. Uh-huh. I'm worried. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. Nobody I know who is less than white is having a trouble sleeping, and if they are, it's not because of that. Yeah, I had a couple of buddies of mine, you know, just playing hoops and stuff, say, Robbins keeps me up at night. Outside of that, I've never heard that before. No. <laughs> just his hot takes. I am white. No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Well, it's absolute nonsense. But, of course, that it makes for a good story in the trifecta. Yeah, it does. It does. The thing is, you know, you could parody stuff like this before. It, you don't even have to write it anymore. It's like the guys to the Babylon Bee. This, our job's getting harder. Because yeah, everything's so ridiculous. Yeah, news update and Nimrods of the News coming up.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. So there's a Republican lawmaker in Texas who's doing something that's uh, driving liberals crazy. This is Brian Slayton. Uh, it is a 10% property tax credit per kid for qualifying married couples. So basically you get 10% off your property tax bill for every kid you have, up to 10 kids, because then you get 100% tax <laughs> credit free. for it. Yeah. Uh, but it only applies to qualifying married couples. And here's how he defines that. A man and a woman, legally Uh-oh. married to each other, neither of whom have been divorced. <laughs> oh, cat's a jammer, man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so, as he writes, in the bill, actually, Texas will start saying, get married, stay married, be fruitful, and multiply. That is what the country needs. The one... The one tough aspect of it, or tougher aspect of it, is the whole neither of whom have been married before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of mm. course, if this were to become law, I'd be challenged immediately on the basis of uh, sexual orientation discrimination. But anyway, hey, you got to throw stuff out there, right? You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and it's driving liberals up a wall. Sawyer Hackett, he works for uh, Julian Castro. He's also <laughs> with a progressive yeah. organization. He goes, holy bleep, Texas Republicans have introduced a bill to give huge tax cuts to straight couples having children with up to 100% cut in property taxes for 10 kids. The bill's author says, get married, stay married, be fruitful, and multiply. <laughs> this is Handmaid's Tale bleep. <laughs> You're not making that up, I'm are not you? making that up. Yeah, <laughs> they actually included Handmaid's Tale. That's Liberals, great. I'm begging you. Watch a different television show. Read a different book. Okay. <laughs> and with that, we go to Dim Rods. When the, Duggar, when the going gets tough. Damn it! This is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. Stark, Minnesota, for friends of Minnesota. May have heard this the other day. Police called to an Arby's. 43-year-old male driver in the drive-thru. Unresponsive. Mm. Cops determined the man was fine, just extremely drunk. That's what oh. it says. Mm. Passed out right before ordering curly fries. <laughs> Seriously, that's not even a joke. Fortunately, another customer noticed that something was wrong, was able to open the driver's side door and shift the vehicle to park. Hey! God. Need to get in there for a second. Man was too drunk to do any field sobriety tests. Wow. Admitted to drinking Boone's Farm earlier in the oh, day. God, that's was a arrested. lot of Boone's Farm, man. It's yes, fancy. it is. Man. And then we had this woman in Florida, Shannon Hunter, charged with urine testing fraud. That's just funny itself. She was due to provide a drug test last week. She must have known she wouldn't pass because she didn't pee in the cup. She filled the pill bottle with soda and tap water. Didn't fool anybody. And that's Nimrod's in the news.